taking the first few moments of the sitting to settle into your sitting posture at ease in the body and at ease in the mind. And then whether you choose to attend to a chosen object like the breath, the posture, or sounds, or whether you choose to let your attention be called where it will and noticing them, those objects, Whichever way you choose to let your practice unfold, check your attitude of mind in the effort and in the way that you're practicing. Settling in, letting the body relax onto the sitting bones, acknowledging how you experience the environment, all in the service of establishing clear perception, remembering to recognize the present moment's experience as it occurs. Sustaining a continuity of this remembering and recognizing. And checking your attitude of mind. What is the attitude of the effort behind your practice or with which you practice? Is there some agenda? Is there a sense of being hypervigilant? Is there some desire for a particular kind of experience? Are you looking for something familiar? Or can you adjust your attitude and the posture of the mind to be open, receptive, allowing, receiving, patient, acknowledging, willing. Interested. Can we just let the moments of life just unfold by their own design and just notice this is the way it has come to be for me for now.
While in every moment there is something being known, the object is being known. What we're cultivating with mindful awareness is the ongoing continuity of the awareness, the recognition of the awareness that is doing the knowing. So while the object may be similar or familiar or recurring, like the breath, or whether the object is changing in every moment, from the breath to a sensation, to a thought, to a sound, to a memory, to an emotion, really doesn't matter. It doesn't really matter what the object of our attention is if we're recognizing the awareness of them. This is particularly important when we notice that we're thinking or that we have been thinking or there's a tendency or urge to think. Thinking is not the problem. Getting entangled in the thoughts, not being aware of them, then this is not mindfulness. And so when thinking occurs, as best you can, see if you can recognize if it is accompanied by one of the torments that I spoke about last night. Some form of wanting, anticipating, hoping for something, hanging on to something, trying to create something, or is there some form of aversion, being impatient, irritated, disappointed, or maybe there's just dullness and sleepiness, a heaviness of mind, or doubt. Am I doing this right? What am I supposed to be doing now? Should I label? Should I know? How do I do this? If there's any kinds of thoughts that have these kinds of content, don't just whack it away in a hurry to get back to your chosen object, the breath, the posture. But instead, recognize what this quality of mind or heart is. Aversive, desirous, confused, doubting, lethargic. It could be excited. It could be enthusiastic, leading to a lot of planning, excited planning. Could be dreadful, remembering something from the past. Don't let the thoughts be the problem. This is just a visitor to the mind, conditioning this kind of thought. And to the extent that we can recognize, oh, this is fear or this is anxiety, or this is confusion. And we can observe it, we can sustain a continuity of awareness, recognizing this state of mind, then we're doing fine. Practice is not to 
get rid of these thoughts or to get rid of these difficult or challenging, unpleasant states of mind. But rather, insight practice is to be aware of them and to observe them with interest in order to understand them. We don't have to try to figure them out. We don't have to try to explain them or justify them. We just have to observe. This is what it's like when the mind is visited by this kind of thought or this state of mind. As Saito Tejaniya said, the mind is not yours. Meaning, anything can arise at any time. But, you're responsible for it. Once it has arisen, it's up to us to work with it, to deal with it. And without awareness, we will just react in deeply conditioned, habitual ways. With awareness and recognition, oh, this is what's happening now. This is the way it is for me, for now. If there's an acceptance, we're not acting them out. We can reframe our understanding to recognize that this is an opportunity to expand our capacity to be aware of more of what is occurring in our life. And with that reframed understanding, we just observe. Let mindfulness just receive the full texture, the fingerprint, the thumbprint, the feeling of the state of mind. Just bear with it. It may not be pleasant, but just know that it's good work to feel knowingly, willingly, what this difficult, challenging, undesirable state of mind feels like. And gradually, as we learn how to bear with, to observe, to endure, we begin to realize these states of mind, they come, they go, due to their own conditions. They're not, they're not very pleasant, they're not satisfying, they're changeable, they're ephemeral. There's really nothing we have to do about them. They disappear by themselves. We just have to not get entangled in them when they arise. And we do that by observing carefully with mindful awareness. Just recognizing there's awareness of this state of mind. Rather than my anxiety, my fear, my desire, my frustration. It's a visitor to the mind. Oh, frustration has arrived. Hmm, this is the way it is for now. Let me observe it with interest, enduring its allure, compelling, obsessive nature. Knowing fully well that it'll be there for a while. And if we observe it, we'll see when it stops, when it leaves, when it dissolves, thereby laying down a new track in the mind, how to respond to unpleasant visitors to the mind. We don't have to act them out. We don't have to run away from them to get back to our primary object. We don't have to get depressed about it. 
We just let them run their course without getting entangled in them. It takes practice. This is what we're doing here. So just do the best you can. Don't struggle. No expectations. Just notice. Oh, this is the way it's come to be for now. Let me bear with it. Observing with interest the way things unfold.
<clears throat> Please keep your attention clear, your perception sharp, recognizing what the object is each moment, and that there's awareness present. Just ask yourself, am I aware? Am I aware?
please wake up. <coughs> if you're falling asleep, stand up.
really liked your um, invitation to consider thoughts and feelings as visitors to the mind. It was really helpful for this. Uh, um, what I found was that it seemed that my mind started to become more of a primary object of attention. Yeah. Not exclusive, but it almost seemed like the ratio shifted or something, like 70% 30 or something. Yeah. So when you say the mind became the object of attention, what, what does that mean? What was your experience? First of all, he said that he liked considering uh, the invitation to consider thoughts and emotions as visitors to the mind. And then you said that you noticed that it seemed like the mind became the primary object or the most frequently noticed object. In what way? How did that happen? Just kind of sitting and watching for changes, um, thoughts that would pop up. So you'd notice a thought pop up and... You just what I was doing with it. You know, that it did seem more like, oh, okay, here's a visitor, we're hanging out, and then... So you were able to observe, a thought arose, you recognized, oh, or you identified it as a visitor, and you were kind of with it as it kind of played out for a bit. Yeah. You were aware that it was, that you were thinking. Right, rather than running with it. Right, that rather than being lost in it. Yeah. So is was that okay? I mean... It seemed pretty good. <laughs> Keep at it. Yeah, it. You're right. I mean, when we can recognize thoughts as thoughts, they're just thoughts. Or they're, um, thoughts are just thoughts. Emotions are just motions. Sounds are sound, just sounds. Sights are just sights. Sensations are just sensations. But we're particularly, uh, we're particularly seduced, e- easily seduced by thoughts and emotions. You know, and we identify them as me, not just an objective fact. So if, if you're recognizing the awareness more continuously, seeing them as just visitors, pretty good. Pretty good. Okay. Building this momentum. Sure. And so when I stopped worrying about it, yes. it increased like incredibly. Like I, I the momentum increased incredibly? That I was more, that my awareness was more easy or continuous as soon as I, in my mind, almost said, like, forget the, forget the, Momentum. Okay, did you hear that, folks? Forget the momentum piece. Like how you're doing, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we can't help but give instruction. We have to give some kind of instruction. You know, and I know how it is. I've received a lot of instruction. You hear it, and then you make it, you know, like the goal or the agenda, or the, the, you know, and it becomes an obstacle. You know, you're not alone in, in having that kind of issue. But once we can realize, oh, wait a minute, I'm holding on to this idea of momentum? Oh, then you just kind of relax. Actually, the, 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 when, the, when, the, when you can let go of, let me just back up. If I say to you, sit, 
and relax. You sit and you can you know how to relax. Your mind scans the body and you go, oh yeah, oh, okay, all right, relaxed, okay, got it. And then I say, relax your mind. What do you do? <laughs> I mean, I mean, we don't we don't know how to relax our mind, right? But to relax our mind really means let go of any agenda, let go of any idea, let go of any task to do, and just let your mind do what it does. And what your mind does is knows. It knows. Okay. So just let go of the, the, the task, let go of an agenda, let go of anything except just, oh, knowing's happening. Recognizing, knowing's happening. Of course, if I said that, you'd say, what? Why do I do that? Let me see. Let go of, <laughs> you know, you'd make that the task. So it's kind of tricky, you know. It's the old, uh, you know, it's the old Zen story or parable or koan or whatever. You know, the Zen master is saying, look at the moon. Look at the moon. Look at the moon. And everybody looks at his finger. <laughs> huh? Where, 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 where? Not noticing that actually the moon's up there. So I'm saying, you know, look at the mind. And you're going, where, where, where? <laughs> you know, and it's like, oh, stop looking. And oh, there it is. Kind of like that, isn't it? Okay. Yeah. So this has been an ongoing question for a couple of days now. Um, it's again about, I think it's about effort. Effort. I yeah. think that um, I can observe or know the object most of the time, except when I don't know that I don't know it. Sure. But, um, and then there's that, when there's the discomfort of, say, aversion or greed happening. Sure. And then, then I can feel like, I've oft, I just felt it really poignantly last night, like wanting to go away to something pleasant, because that was, I just, it was really clear in the experience. So, and then I come back and try to stay with... Come, come back. What's this come back? Come back to the discomfort. Okay. So you saw yourself trying to skittish away here. Right. You said, no, 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 let me just kind of be with... Okay. And so you talked in your instructions today about bear with it. Bear with it, yeah. Right? And so I've been thinking bear with it, you know, sort of see if I can stay. Yeah, yeah, it. yeah, yeah. And then you talk about don't struggle. When I'm bearing with it sometimes, I'm struggling. No, 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 wait. Yeah, I know. I mean, I'm talking in this ear, I'm saying, relax, let go, don't struggle, okay? Just let things be, just observe. And in this ear, I'm saying, hang in there, you know, kind of endure, bear with it, <laughs> right? So, <laughs> you're right. It's not, it doesn't have to be a struggle, but it is kind of like, you know, if you get too much one way, you'll go out, you'll flip, you'll, you'll, you'll miss the target. If you get too much the other way, you'll miss the target. So I have to give you both, you know, and you'll, you, in, this is your practice. How do I, how do I hold these both? Like, pay attention, relax, let go. How do I, you know, bear with it, don't struggle with it. Huh, well, it takes a real, okay, let me just relax, let me just, open, let me just be here. Sometimes it feels like a struggle because, you know, we have to kind of hold our attention there with, with something that the mind doesn't want to be with, you know, discomfort mental, emotional, physical, and, and so it, the mind just wants to go, 
skitter away. And you just say, no, 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 no. Just like a little puppy. Huh? Stay. Just stay. It's okay. It's okay. Initially, it feels like struggling. Later, you'll realize it feels like struggling to run away. But just to stay there is like, oh, phew. okay. Yes, you have a guest house. There's a point. There's a poem about that, you know. And now I'm running around checking if everybody's okay. I'm so busy. I feel like I'm so busy taking care of this guest, this guest, this guest, checking in, checking in, checking in, checking in. I don't know how many. How how should I keep? Taking care of all these guests. Okay. And this, this, here's, here's how you do it. Okay? All the guests have their own baggage. Right? But they all got to come through the front door. You just stay at the front door. You just stay at the front door and you watch. Oh, there's a guest with a lot of aversive baggage. Oh, there's a guest with a lot of desire baggage. You don't move. The observer, the observing, just stays right here. Let these guests come by. They can come by. They can parade by you. You don't have to. You don't have to show them their room. You don't have to go check up on them. There's no room service here. It's just. It's just. Notice who's at the door, and the door is your mind. You stand guard at the mind door. So they come with a lot of baggage. You don't have to pick up their baggage and carry it for them. You don't. You just see, wow, there's a, lot of, there's a lot of memory baggage right there. There's a lot of planning baggage right there. There's a lot of family of origin baggage right there. Uh, there's a lot of partnership relationship baggage right there. Huh. Well, and you can call it whatever you want. I'm just using familiar <coughs> topics. <laughs> just in case. <laughs> right? Don't, 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 don't go with the content of their baggage. Just recognize, oh, this is Mr. Aversive. Hmm. Hmm. Wow. Wow. You just watch. Just observe. That's what it's like to carry around aversive baggage or desire baggage or fear baggage or whatever. How long are they going to stay? <laughs> well, I better not tell you. <laughs> As Trungpa Rinpoche said, something, Trungpa Rinpoche, a Tibetan teacher, civil, uh, a couple of decades ago, says, you know, if we knew what we were getting involved in, it'd be better that we never started. But since we've already started, it's better that we finish the job. So however long it takes. You know, it's a marathon. that never ends. Yeah. I had this very quick conversation. I think it was a conversation. First thing in the morning, I woke up. I was aware. I was kind of surprised at that. I just woke up aware. And I looked at my mind, and my mind was it had a mood, heavy. And I said, thought, how did you get like that? You just woke up. <laughs> what, what, what is creating this heaviness? 
And my, it was like, it's, you know, getting up like, Bleh. and I thought, you don't need that. And it dropped, and I got up, and I was fine. Now, is that kind of, can, you, can your awareness have a conversation with your mind? Like you're saying, puppy dogs, you know? Yeah. yeah. Well, no, I, I mean, without trying to answer your question, just hearing what you observed sounds like I woke up, awareness was present, it noticed a heaviness of mind, and there was a wondering, like, so soon in the day, come on, you know, get with it, get off it, let that go. And because you saw it, it just kind of vaporized, right? It just kind of dissolved, it went its own way. One of the conditions for that heaviness to exist is don't recognize it, right? And as soon as you recognize it, if you don't have a judgment about it and you're just kind of like, huh, huh, okay, interested, observing, it can't last. What are the conditions? You know, we always talk about causes and conditions. Okay, what are the conditions for these visitors to arise in the mind and take up house? Well, one of the conditions is unwise attention. We're not paying wise attention to them. We're actually getting identified with them. Huh? As soon as we have wise attention, meaning we recognize, we recognize them as an appearance in the mind, not I'm, I'm heavy today, I'm, a, I'm in a mood today. It's more like, oh, a heaviness has arrived at the mind, at the door of the mind. Should I let it in? Or should I just say, I see you. I see you. Okay. Just watch. They can't, these, these, these torments of the mind cannot bear being seen very long. They can't bear it. They, they, they just, they, they, we see how flimsy they really are. We see that they're just really not that substantial. It's when we don't look at them that they assume gigantic proportions right on the periphery of our vision and bother us. Kind of like that. <laughs> motivation and see the need to to deal with aversion uh, yes yeah but it's harder to see the need to deal with desire or or this is really my question if, if you if you're having a pleasant experience well should we right away go to well well this is desire I desire this I have to uh, I have to see the desire in it which would often tend to end the pleasant experience Okay, so there's a question about, well, when, when there's aversion, we can see why, well, you want to be aware of that and kind of observe it, hoping that it kind of, you know, with, with wise attention, it won't last long. Yay. But what about having a pleasant experience? What should we do with that? Now, I'm going to separate pleasure or pleasant experience from desire because we can desire you know, a lot of experience. When we don't have it, it's not very pleasant. The, the feeling of desire is not pleasant. The object of desire is always seen as pleasant. But when a pleasant experience comes, you know, whether it's the filo dough, whatever it was yesterday, or whether it's a good sitting, meaning, you know, you just sit and kind of comfortable, kind of easeful presence, and it's kind of, it's mentally pleasant. 
you know, the physically is not unpleasant, but mentally pleasant. That doesn't necessarily have desire in it. Only if you start thinking, now I've got it. This is the way it's going to be the rest of the retreat. Hey, 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 hey. That's, that's the voice of desire, kind of like latching onto it, trying to kind of hold it like maybe, maybe if I just hold my shoulder that same way, the next time I sit, it'll, it'll come back, right? Well, you know what they say in, 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 in this scene is, nothing like a good sitting to ruin the rest of your day. <laughs> because, you know, you have a good sitting and you think, Okay, that's the way it's going to be the rest of the day. Of course it isn't. But. I, I think in the book he says, as soon as you think something is good, there's desire present. Okay, good, good and bad is different than pleasant and unpleasant. When something's pleasant, it arises due to its own conditions. If we think it's good, that's our attachment. If we think it's bad, that's our aversion. But the experience itself just arises due to its own nature. So in this practice, if we can see that there's no such thing as good or bad, there's pleasant and unpleasant, but either pleasant or unpleasant, physical or mental, is an equal object for awareness and for the development of insight, meaning it doesn't matter if the experience is pleasant or unpleasant, it's impermanent. It's not very satisfactory. Why isn't pleasant satisfactory? That's the question you're asking me, isn't it? Why isn't pleasant satisfactory? Because it doesn't last. You know, as soon as you have a pleasant experience, the mind inevitably says, I want this to happen more. What have I got to do to get it? And the scheming, the strategizing, the hoping, the wishing, the anticipating, all that just starts automatically. That's suffering. We can't even enjoy it while we're having it because we're planning how to have it longer. Right? Just look at that. This is called samsara. Here we are living, frankly, at the top of the heap of humanity. Here in the West, we've all got uh, an education. We're healthy enough to be here. We have some discretionary income that allows us to be here. We have discretionary time to be here. This is better than 99% of the humans that ever lived on the face of the earth. And we're still looking for something more we're not yet satisfied. This is samsara. I want something more. Just keep looking for happiness in all the wrong places. Because the only place you'll ever find happiness is right here, now. Ah. I'm sorry, the time is, time is all gone. It's, it too is impermanent. I went on too long. Anyway... We're seeing you again for the second time around, starting the second time around today. You'll be seeing a different one of us than you were the first day. Um, Again, please, just, we're at the middle of the retreat, or near about. Just really monitor the continuity. Not you, don't worry about that momentum. (laughs) Forget it, relax. But everybody else. (laughs) And... You know, with the day the day schedule is is kind of divided into set schedule and open schedule. When we have a set schedule, the sitting in the morning, this sitting, uh, the six fifteen sitting, the Dharma talk in the evening sitting, please try to arrive on time. Please try to stay for the whole sitting, if you can, 
And then in the afternoon, in the morning and afternoon, the self-scheduled period, you can come and go as you wish, knowing that uh, people are on different schedules. But when there is an opportunity to have a group sitting, it's nice to be able to experience the stillness for the whole sitting, if, if it's possible. Okay? Thank you very much. Have a great day. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.